Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! Oh! All right, there it is. I really backed up for you. Yeah, 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 that was was really good. I really did. (laughs) Very preemptive. You would think that, I think I, you would think that I'd get, it'd get old or I'd get uh, like tired of it by now, but it still makes me laugh every time. It's a fan favorite. It is. is. People love that. The emails are pouring in every week. Uh, Lucas, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Um, We're recording on a Sunday. We have not recorded on a Sunday in a while, I think. Um, Usually we're doing Mondays or Tuesdays for our recordings. Um, There's a lot going on. I'm I'm going camping in Oregon at the end of next week. I'm taking a full week off from work. I'm very, very excited about it. I'm I'm very, very jealous. (laughs) I'm going to see the Redwoods. I'm going to spend a couple days hiking up there, um, see some friends I haven't seen in a while. And um, I'm just super excited. I got through the game that we're going to talk about today, just SpongeBob, um, got through it. So the audience might already understand my thoughts on the game um, yeah. and already switched to the next game that we're going to be playing, which I'm very much enjoying even about three, four hours in. So it's mm-hmm. been a good good weekend so far, um, busy, but um, kind of gearing up to to look forward to something else. What about yourself? It was good, man. I uh, I tried a new cooking method for a steak this weekend. Turned out delightful. Tell, tell, tell the tell the audience. So first, I got to shout out uh, Joshua Weissman on YouTube. If any of you watch him, you know he's a very talented cook. Um, worked in the industry at the high end of it for a while, and then started making YouTube videos. Awesome. Um, and his steak cooking technique, which he calls the industry standard, is basically pan searing it in a cast iron skillet with a little bit of oil, and then once you flip it on, uh, once you flip it for the first time. Sear it for another 30 seconds. Then you throw in some butter, um, some slightly mashed uh, garlic cloves still left in the skin, and uh, some thyme on top of the steak. And then you just cook it for like maybe another minute, keep basting it in the butter, uh, and it turns out just delightful. Absolutely delightful. Chef's I was very kiss. proud of myself. And then I ate a shit ton of Ben and Jerry's after, and it was just, it was great. I, yeah, you really, <laughs> I got the Ben and Jerry's text, like, the, the following morning. <laughs> yeah. I just got a text. I woke up and just said, dude, I just ate a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I like, got oh demons. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. So that was good. That. Yeah. And then for any of our soccer fans out there, uh, the U.S. just beat Mexico in a very, very nail-biter game uh, final finals for the gold cup uh super fun time to be a u.s soccer fan a lot of promising stuff going on there and it's like great going forward but as much as i love sports lucas as much as i love a steak uh we are here to talk about video games and that's why before we talk about video games i want to give everyone a friendly reminder uh you know shoot us an email if you have any questions about the pod maybe you want to recommend a topic thanks for playing pod at gmail.com maybe you want to uh, hit us up on social media you know, you can shoot us a message. Uh, all of our social media handles now we're integrated. Integrated marketing. We are our <laughs> TFT podcasts. They're yes. uniform. We have, I think we have integrated word. and made all of our channels uniform. You can find us at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. That's Instagram, Twitter, and um, TikTok. We're on TikTok now. We're active on TikTok. Crazy, hanging out with the Zoomies. All right, <laughs> and we what else? Um, and leave a review. Uh, Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, all that good stuff. Really appreciate it, and it helps the podcast out. And Andrew's in the chat and says their dad makes steaks like that too. All to right, see. all right, Andrew, your your dad is a man of culture. Yeah. For sure. And should Just I like mention as well? 
Andrew is also the newest member of the Thanks for Playing Discord channel. You can find our Discord in our link trees and either our um, any of our socials, really. Or you, <laughs> well, you can, can find the Discord on our website. Is oh, Or on our website. website. Yeah, we launched a website. Uh, Lucas and I had a photo shoot so we could launch a website in Los Angeles last weekend. Um, website URL will be thanksforplaying.live. Go right. check it out. It's a very well-designed website by Lucas himself. And shout-outs to Isaac, as always, for the branding. But all right, everyone, enough of the self-promotion aside. Today, we are talking about the number one licensed game of all <laughs> God, time. God, no. <laughs> That's just an absolute not fact. SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Uh, that's right, everybody. Uh, we are talking about the 2020 remake of the 2003 game, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, uh, developed by Purple Lamp and published by THQ Nordic. Um, you know, beloved game for its time back in 2003, um, kind of hit at the perfect childhood time for many people, including mm-hmm. myself and for Matthew. It was like uh, peak SpongeBob, right? Like peak SpongeBob. Cultural relevance wise. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, 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 mean, I want to get into this later on the pod, but P- SpongeBob is still very cultural, re- culturally relevant with all the That's SpongeBob true. memes that are around, but peak TV, Nickelodeon, Dish Network, Channel 171 for young Lucas spongebob times right um spongebob battle for bikini bottom uh has a lot of game design elements from the early eras from like the early 2000s era um it has a lot of references to spongebob episodes in that time um which is very interesting and something i want to talk about as well um and you know we're gonna we're gonna dive in uh i i Man, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a short episode. It's definitely not going to be as long as the last one, which was Chrono Trigger. Uh, that episode was very long, like an hour and a half, I think. Um, yeah. If you yeah. haven't, you know, if you're a fan of that game or you want a long form episode, go ahead and check that out. This uh, this one might not be as long just because not a ton to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but, but before we really dive into everything, um, as always, we'll give a brief explanation of uh, what the game is and what the whole general vibe is. So. And their latest plan to steal the Krabby Patty formula and take over Bikini Bottom, Plankton, has built a machine called the Duplicatatron 3000 to produce an army of robots to facilitate his evil plans. Soon, he discovers that he has forgotten to switch the machine mode from the obey mode um, to, off no, the to, don't to, obey to, mode to, to not obey. obey. Mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on not obey. It's on not obey. He forgot to switch it to the obey mode. Um, so naturally, the machines not obeying Plankton start wreaking havoc across Bikini Bottom. And it is up to SpongeBob and his friends to stop the machines and keep Bikini Bottom safe. <laughs> not much <Dang>. there. Yeah. <laughs> you could have said it even shorter than that, I feel like. I know. There's basically no story in this game. They're just complete, being completely honest. Um, 
there's less story than like a 12 minute SpongeBob episode, which is yeah. wild to me. Um, there's like less beats, like less plot points, right? I mean, there's like stuff that happens that you do, but it doesn't contribute in any way to the actual story. It's just there's like boss fights that have a mini plot, but they're it, they're not real story beats, in my opinion. It's. I mean, you know what it is? It is an excuse for companies to milk a popular IP. And so they put over a cheap game on top of it um, and just see what they can do with it. And, you know, I got to say, I mean, I know we're obviously already being very pessimistic, so I won't go too far into it. But um, Steam gave this game incredible reviews. Um, And I think I can get... We can get into that a little bit more in a minute here about why that might be, but I just, it doesn't quite hit for Lucas and I. It's very interesting because, um, Lucas, you can speak to this a little bit, but the 2003 one that was made uh, originally has, to my understanding, much better reviews than yeah. the modern 2020 version. And it's just like, what? <laughs> so so that's, that's, that's a super interesting point. I think that that actually touches on something we talk about a lot, which is like nostalgia versus, you know, real genuine gameplay and like how fun the game really is ign when this game came out originally in 2003 gave it a 7.3 passable score okay game right and they gave the remaster a 5 out of 10 um which means it's a bad game don't play it it's not worth your time kind of thing (laughs) um and i i mean i'm I'm more in line with the 5 out of 10 um 7 out of 3 um, is a little generous in my opinion. Uh, and from my understanding, I, I did do a little, I did do some research on, you know, the, uh, how this game is, how close it is really to the original, to be perfectly candid. I never played the original game outright. Um, I just kind of missed the boat on that one. I had many games that had that, or I had many friends that had the game that played it. Um, it was obviously in the zeitgeist, even for like a seven year old at the time, like myself, yeah. Um, you know, friends had it, friends played it. We talked about it at school. Um, and it, it was on TV. I, so I remember the commercials and all that good stuff. Um, and a 7.3, uh, it, it's interesting to me that you can give a game a passable score, say it's a good, a decent game worth playing. And then the, basically the same game gets made, but reskinned to look better and more modern. And you give it a worse score. I mean, that, that means that tastes have changed. For many of the people, you know, granted, it could have been a different interviewer or reviewer at IGN at that time, giving it a lower score from back then to now. Um, but I mean, what it really means is I think ultimately, you know, collectathons have really gone gone away. I don't think we play. I don't think we just make we don't make a lot of collectathon games culturally <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a good reason for that. I want to dive into that when we hit game design. Um, but the game, it's not that the game hasn't aged well. The game design has not aged well, and I think that's an interesting thing to really talk about. So I don't want to just sit here, you know, shitting on SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. I want to talk about why why that is, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for all accounts, a 7.3 game in 2000 that's completely remade, redone, graphically updated should be a 7.3 or whatever it was today, right? But we get into that. Um, First impressions with this game, I'm just going to say it, for the first hour, I fucking loved this game. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I remember um, you started playing it first and you're just texting me and you're like, bro, it's like I'm in an episode of SpongeBob. 
And then I start playing it, and I'm just getting hit with all the nostalgia beats and everything, and it's just super fun. You get to start exploring everyone's rooms. Um, like in SpongeBob's house, you get to start exploring Bikini Bottom. You know, the levels are fun and colorful. And then you get past um, the, the honeymoon phase, right? You, yeah, you get, very you get past the honeymoon phase very quickly. You realize um, very quickly that Mr. Krabs' voice actor is not the original voice oh actor. Oh, my God. That's, it's realize, noted everywhere, too. It's like, oh. You realize God. very quickly that Mermaid Man's voice actor is not the original voice actor. And I don't want to give too – I don't want to hate on these performances necessarily. I just think with all the history that's around SpongeBob and, like, all the times we've seen those characters being played by those specific voice actors growing up, I don't think there's any way that we could be satisfied with anything but the original voice actors. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's I'm noted sure, in every single yeah. review, and it's talked yeah. about all, everywhere about that. I'm sure if the original, if you know, the one that played Mr. Krabs today was the original voice actor, um, I'm sure I probably would have loved it today. You know, it's just though you there's like that dissonance like i see the mouth flaps move and i know how these should sound and then they don't sound that way yeah um and it's very very conflicting uh because of that but lucas what, what about you yeah i mean same thing um the game is really fun for a few hours um and the joy goes away away very soon when you realize it's kind of just a poorly designed platformer um i that's not to say it's not well put together itself. Like I didn't find any like bugs. It, it was smooth. You know, the loading times weren't crazy. Um, although there are too many loading screens. I think they could have like somehow, I don't know yeah. why there's like a loading screen between rooms in certain places. Um, that's, that was a little weird, a little oversight there, but you know, it works. It like, it runs and um, it's smooth the whole time. Uh all that good stuff, right? But I think just the set of choices and like movement options that you have just aren't that great. Not a whole lot of momentum in the game. Can't really carry yourself in any sort of interesting way. Um, like, you know, I think in any modern game, so SpongeBob has a move where he jumps up and like attacks upward, right? In any modern game, you would able to you would be able to cancel your double jump out of that, right? In any modern game, you would be able to do like your regular move spin attack outside of like that. Or maybe or, you can jump and then do that move. Or right? jump afterwards, right? Yeah, ex Anything. exactly. You're, you're not just... Like, imagine, like, again, so SpongeBob has two very big moves, right? One where he, like, rockets up with the assistance of bubbles in, like, a very uh, a vertical attack. Yeah. Um, and then he has another one where he slams down, like, a belly flop. Yeah. Um, and what would be sick, you know, is if I can, you know, do that but or that attack where I would go vertically up jump swing my jellyfish stick around catch some other enemy and then belly flop down to take out other enemies yeah. but yeah. instead we're just um stuck it feels too stuck you you feel stuck yeah. in your animations constantly uh for one thing and i don't know did you play uh super mario odyssey matt did you did you get a chance on that one or we got to do that one for the a little bit but not okay i didn't play so it a lot. so i played a lot of odyssey and odyssey's great i know that probably a lot of our audience has at least touched the game a little bit and you know what's great about Odyssey is your momentum carries through every single animation. You do like you can jump and you can jump again, and you can throw your hat and then dive and jump on your hat and like ground pound and then like f do your like roll ball move where you roll faster. Like everything kind of carries into the next thing. And I think that even going back to the older collectathons like your Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Spyro, there's elements of that as well. 
ultimately your your platforming collectathon game it, it needs to feel good to move in that game right yeah. and for me this game this spongebob that is it just doesn't feel that great to move around um again I praise them for having put together a game that works. For some reason, that is just a something that's hard to do these days for people. But other than that, it's really hard to to give more praise uh, to the team there. And you know, Purple Lamp is a developer of this, um, and it was published by THQ Nordic. Um, Purple Lamp just made the same game that was made in two thousand three. So they were. I, I, it's weird. They're almost set up for failure. Right, because they have to make a game with game design elements from two thousand three. Yeah, it's interesting because they anymore. Because they call it a remake, right? But it's almost more of just like a really, really, really high def remaster. Yeah. Because when I when I think of a remake, you know, I think of something like Final Fantasy seven. Um, That's a remake being remade into its modern version with totally different combat, but like the same overarching story and characters and stuff. This is just. Um, new textures thrown on top of an old game to make it look modern new engine it it looks pretty i mean i guess the colors and stuff are quite played it on switch which another thing i was blown away by playing it on the switch um my frames were like pretty bad the whole time um really and yeah which was so weird maybe because it's like more of a 3d environment but i was playing you know when i was playing hades i had zero issues with that on my switch that's a very explosions high color everywhere going on throughout the game constantly um and I had no issues on that, and I, I play fucking SpongeBob, and my fucking Switch is getting hot. My, <laughs> wow, uh, dude. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is going on? I was so blown away by that. Um, maybe that was just my personal experience, or maybe I'm overlooking it. But yeah, it, I almost feel bad for Purple Amp, because I'm pretty sure they're a good studio. I mean, we look at what else they've made. Sea of Thieves fucking is the big Thieves. one. So they stick, they stick to their guns on the... Um, <laughs> um on the nautical theme the nautical um, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny and, and one was a hit and one wasn't it's very interesting um the, they've only released uh four games and three of those games were three months apart or all oh, within a weird. three month span rather so they released the guild three in september 2017 and then three years later they released miss bits um in march of 2020 and i have i'm not at all familiar with this game um and then Sea of Thieves on June 2020, um, and then SpongeBob on June 2020 as well. Oh, wow. I thought Sea of Thieves came out earlier than that. I, am... I felt like it came out earlier than that, too. Oh, like I think they made the X. Oh, this is so. I have no idea what they're talking about because, yeah, it came out in 2018. I'm not sure what that is. We'll disregard that. Um, but <laughs> uh, we'll do a uh, re- retraction or something later because that we'll, is. We're redacting that. That makes no yeah. sense. But. Huh. Um, point is i feel like they got stuck with a game that they probably didn't even want to make and then this is what we got because of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's it's it is a money grab kind of thing um the game you know actually is considered to be a pretty big success i think financially um you know it has not it does not have great reviews um but the uh ceo of thq nordic um, I believe it's Clemens uh, Cruiser. He called Rehydrated a fantastic success um, due to his sales and even hinted at potentially developing other games in the future. And, you know, it's I think it's one of those situations where it's just total nostalgia trip. It's buying into it. Um, it's one of those things where, like, no matter how bad it is, you can make something with Star Wars in it and it will sell. Like, you can make a Star Wars, like, spinoff book 
that sucks and it'll sell just like the name itself is money right and spongebob i think has kind of entered that echelon where if you throw its his name on stuff it's just going to work um as far as like sales i mean i bought the game right like this is a this this podcast decided to do the game because we heard about how popular it is and even the game you know the original game i want to point out has become a little bit of a cult classic for speedrunners so that's a very niche like community that's a very niche like kind of motivation behind playing the game speedrunning is a totally different thing you know it's it's not it's not really in line i think with like the game criticism space that we occupy speedrunning is like you know a whole nother thing and it's its own sport it's its own sport <laughs> I yeah. love speedrunning. Speedrunning is great. Um, but this game, uh, that is the original SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, has become a, a fan favorite. Um, and I think that's really interesting because that could have led to a spike in wanting demand for, or just the demand for Rehydrated as a whole. So um, I don't know, kind of one of those interesting situations where you have a character, you have an IP that is just so insanely popular. There's a new meme, a new SpongeBob meme every week. And yeah. there's a speedrunning community. So uh, on paper, an exec would look and go, okay, we need to make a rehydrated game. It sells a lot. It's a financial, like, you know, success. But, you know, to us, just us, our little modest podcast here, it's not a great game. Um, so, yeah, lots to unpack there. But um, that's, just, that's just how I'm feeling right now. What do you think, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it's just not a good game. Um yeah just outright it just it. doesn't work and i mean let I me mean, going in let's just move right into game design right um the the overarching mechanic of the game is it's a collectathon where you're collecting golden spatulas to advance from one area to the next with each um area you, you advance to you're acquiring a specific amount of golden spatulas um and collectathons i think can be maybe okay as a game driving game uh mechanic but for that to be a good game mechanic and for it to be an, a fun um, game to engage in, you have to make the world itself interesting to engage in. And it's just not interesting here. Yeah. Um, you have maybe six variations of robots to fight um, over the course like of ten. Ten. But like they all go down in one, maybe two hits. If you, you know, there's no real challenge in there. The second you learn their gimmick, um, you can take them out extremely easily. The bosses, uh, well, kind of fun just because they're like funny SpongeBob characters, I guess. They're all very easy and not really challenging by any means. There's just no, the game doesn't invite you to like engage in the world critically at all. And this, I probably sound so fucking pretentious right now because we're talking no, about you a don't. SpongeBob game. Yeah, right? I know, I know. I, and I I'm like analyzing though. like this in depth. I feel like, which I normally don't even try to do, but. There's just no reason that there's no reason to engage in this game and collecting the spatulas gets very old very quickly because even within the collectathon is a collectathon. Like, for example, and this is a theme in every map you go on to in the game where, um, you know, you you get to one area of the map you're on, whether, you know, let's just say it's um, downtown Bikini Bottom and then you get there and you're starting to collect your you know, spatulas or whatever you need. And then you talk to Miss Puff. She's like, oh, I need you to collect and find my 10 steering wheels too, to, to I'll give you a golden spatula. And then, so it's clicked a thon within that. And then, yeah, yeah. And then there's moments in the games and the levels too, where you have to unlock giant clams to get like, I don't know, for example, one of the other game mechanics is they have uh, fishing lines are used as like bungee rope. So a common thing is, oh, you have to pay 
um, 23 shiny objects, which is the in-game currency. You have to pay 23 shiny objects to go and... Now you have to collect um, that. You have to collect all those shiny objects. You have to pay them, and then you get the bungee that you can go get your golden spatula. And then, oh, you have to collect 10 socks for Patrick to um, get a golden spatula. Oh, you have to keep giving uh, Mr. Krabs an increasing, increasing amount of shiny objects to get a spatula from him. And all it is is a platforming game that's a very not exciting world to engage in. The only redeeming qualities and factors of this game is that it is SpongeBob, which I mean, is an IP we all love, obviously. Um, but even then you constantly get taken out of it. Whenever you hear Mr. Krabs fucking talk, Oh yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh, that's so bad. Um, and I'm willing to bet that if you and I played this game when we were, cause I didn't play this game growing either myself, really. Um, I knew people that played it, but I'm willing to bet that if we play this game when we, when we are 10 or 12, even maybe we'd have a lot more fun because we're just running around and engaging in SpongeBob's world. But I think when you're older, I mean, I'm 25, you're 26. When you, when you get a little bit older, I think that's, that just doesn't quite cut it for a video game, even as one as set and as fun of a world as SpongeBob. As, is. Yeah, exactly. As, um, not a fun world, but as interesting as a world as it could be for SpongeBob. I agree. Um, I agree. Um, yeah, I kind of have a lot of similar things. I'm I'm actually gonna take I'm gonna take your take and I'm gonna take it to the next level. Okay, okay. I'm gonna actually have a full indictment on the collectathon genre. Okay, except for I'd say Super Mario Odyssey and some of those like original you know 3D Mario games. So Mario 64, Sunshine. Oh man, maybe Sunshine. Um, collectathons are. I think flawed in some ways. Um, and, and, and here's, here's my take, ladies and gentlemen, I have, I have grown up loving this genre of games. Um, I'm on record loving Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, um, some classics right there. Donkey Kong 64. I think I've brought that up a lot. I played that a few years ago. Um, never got a chance to jump into Spyro. Unfortunately, I played every Mario game. Um, I typically do like your, your solid collect-a-thon game. Um, but I've learned over the years that I think I like collectathon games for about two thirds of them. Um, some the, the thing about collectathons is like there's this weird FOMO that happens and this weird like um, this this weird mentality you develop when you're playing through level by level, right? Because in a collectathon game, you whatever the in, in SpongeBob it's golden spatulas, in Banjo Kazooie it's jiggies, in Mario it's stars, right? You collect that object in order to unlock the next level to then play through that level and then collect more of that object, right? The thing is, is that as you advance to the next level, the next level, they start getting increasingly harder to get each time and they require more work. The levels get bigger, more complex, the bosses get harder. So like, let's say it takes you only 20 spatulas to get to the fourth level or the fifth level. Well, that's pretty easy. You don't have to collect all the spatulas in those first few zones, and you can kind of move through the game very quickly for that reason. Because yeah. one, the spatulas are easy to get. Two, it doesn't take very much. But then when you get to the later levels, it starts becoming more inconvenient to collect whatever it is that you need to collect. So you end up going back to the earlier levels to kind of backtrack and get those. Um, unless you're learning new abilities, or approaching those levels or those platforms in those levels from a new perspective, say by learning a new ability, learning a triple jump, or getting a new Banjo-Kazooie, it might be like 
you know, a different movement option or the ability to crouch under something. Um, unless you're like completely uh, making the game design very like very intentional in that regard, yeah. there's it's boring to go back to the old levels. So you're either yeah. you're you get stuck between getting having to get the really inconvenient, really annoying spatulas in the later levels, or you can go back and get the easy ones at the also still boring level that you experienced like two hours prior. Um, so the game is fun for the first few hours when you're like, oh, this is so cool. I'm getting so many spatulas so fast. Then it becomes work. And then you have to go back to an easy level. And I don't know, it just, you end up getting caught in between this weird FOMO slash I don't feel like I'm getting enough out of this game. I'm not really playing the later level as much as I played the early levels because the early levels were easier. It's Path of Least Resistance meets FOMO. 100%. I uh, I mean, a perfect example of that is the platforming at the end of the game in the final level, SpongeBob's Dream, is just stupid hard. So yeah, I like, barely even really attempted it. I like. I think I fell once and I realized, like, all right, this isn't happening. So I just backtracked to levels and just, like, I went to like downtown bikini bottom and finished that level and got my spatulas. Um, there's no reason for me to even engage in the rest of the game to even go to that level. Um, cause you can beat the game when you have 75 spatulas, which thankfully at that point I had, but yeah. And even like the, even when you do get a new ability that allows you to backtrack and get a spatula in a previous level, like a great example of that, I think is in the first jellyfish fields. Once you learn the, bubble the bowling bowl ability. Yeah. Um, but it's like not even interesting. You just like bubble bowl. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you just push one button and it just happens. It doesn't let you engage in the world in any like more exciting way or interact with your environment. You just can bowl now. <laughs> like, right. It's, it's just kind of, kind of boring. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. Nope. I, I am hundred percent behind that. Um, it's not interesting to go back to the old levels, but except to just get an easy spatula is just what it comes down mm-hmm. to. And like, yeah. I mean, in some, in some collectathons, um, it's fun cause you learn a new ability again. Like I said, like there's a lot of that in Banjo-Kazooie or Banjo-Tooie. In, in fact, Banjo-Tooie, I will give it credit. I know I'm talking about other games a lot on this episode, but like the levels are connected in that world, in that game. So like you can go from like the beginning of one level somewhere else to like the first level through like a shortcut and yep. that's really interesting and you end up having to revisit old levels and find old jiggies and stuff like that that's that's a pretty interesting approach and i think that game is more is, is better more fun than than battle for bikini bottom battle for bikini bottom is just everything we talked about in terms of like there's the movement isn't really that crisp isn't it really that fun to do and on top of that you the, that difficulty spike in the last level in spongebob's dream is just obscene it just makes zero sense to me it's just like <laughs> the game isn't really that hard it's just again the the spatulas get more inconvenient to get they like it just takes more shiny objects now it just like takes more time to have to like jump further along the level and like if you play through a level naturally you're going to end up getting a lot of the spatulas but in the bigger in the later levels the levels are bigger so you have to just go to more places and then like the spongebob dreams level happened and it's just like it's just hard it's just like has no business being that difficult considering nothing was that difficult leading up to it um so yeah i i did not understand that difficulty spike at all yeah and like even the ways the game does train to add in some variety like there's mount there's modes where you can um like sand mountain or like in the kelp forest you can like slide down um like surfing or like a snowboarding type stuff like yeah. how we did that one episode of spongebob and like beat times and stuff to get 
uh, spatulas that way. But even then, like, you just need to find the shortcut, which is, like, really easy to find in most of these levels. Yeah. And it's, like, not even – it's not even challenging you to get down the map as fast as you can or the course. It's challenging you to find the really boring – The jump. Jump or the really boring shortcut that takes 30 seconds off your time. Um, and, it yeah, it's just kind of a shame – honestly yeah i know i agree uh, i agree okay okay en- we- enough about game design yeah um, we gotta move on art style lucas do you have any yeah I, th- I think i'm on record on this one too unity engine kind of kind of feels boring to me in a lot of ways especially when it just looks it this game looks like a lot of other games that have come out and, and like it i'm, I'm not I, I i appreciate what the unity engine is um and the fact that it's so like ubiquitous and so many games can be made on it and like it's pretty great um in that regard but it all it means that everything ends up looking very similar too so this game looks like you know just your typical 3d like non-stylized game and like you can't really do that much with spongebob anyway like you could maybe make a really cartoony looking you know fully animated spongebob 2d game like um cuphead or something did you know where you're actually like taking the real spirit of the cartoon of a cartoon and then turning it into a video game with like yeah. full control there. That's not going to happen with a SpongeBob game, right? It's going to have to be 3d. It's going to have to feel cell shaded and all that stuff. Um, and thereby making it very like uniform with everything else. So no risk, um, nothing different from a lot of 3d games kind of just looks the same. Um, not like, not that they could feasibly do anything else. It's just, it, it has to be what it looks like. Um, but it's, it's pretty uninteresting to me. What about you? Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, they make you kind of feel like you're in an episode of SpongeBob, which is fun. But other than that, it's just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to dive I, into my, a little my bit frames. More. My frames kept dropping. I don't know why. Yeah, really I can't believe that. that. That's weird. I played this on SpongeBob or SpongeBob. <laughs> I played this on Xbox One, um, and it. I mean, it ran great. I, the loading screens were like really short, and um, you know, I didn't have any frame issues whatsoever. So that was cool. Um, all right, not time for art style. Let's move on to sound design. Um, what what do you got for sound design? Um, m- some positives and some negatives. Um, I don't have too much to say as far as the soundtrack goes because it's just kind of just SpongeBob music, which is good. Um, m- barring Mermaid Man and Mr. Krabs, um, Mr. Krabs, from what I could tell, they had pretty much all the original voice actors. And I really appreciated that. And that was really fun to just kind of hear these um, actors that we've been listening to growing up our whole lives, go back and read these lines. And um, I, I really appreciated that. Um, but other than that, like as far as like, you know, like the explosion sounds or the, you know, the sounds when you attack or anything like that, um, it was just kind of fine. Yeah. Yeah. Acceptable. I agree. Yeah, I I I'm I'm kind of in line with that too. The voices, the voice character voices are cool. They're all there, barring uh, Eugene Krabs and uh, Mermaid Man. The Mermaid Man, like, if you don't have the mermaid voice actor, just don't even put him in the game. Like, you could have just used any other character. Like, yeah, we could have seen Pearl or something, or we could have seen like the Inspector. Like, we could the My Leg guy didn't even make an appearance. You know, like you could have used anybody like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Are they like major SpongeBob characters that they need to be in this game? Or like, oh, well, I guess I guess it was back then in like 2003. But like still, 
if you don't have the voice actor, just like don't even bother. You know, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like yeah. it's it's so weird. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, to me, the voice lines for the characters do get repetitive. Every time you pick up a spatula or like uh, like SpongeBob's underwear to get some health back, it's like the same voice line, and it gets very annoying. It gets repetitive uh, for me, and that's that's pretty frustrating. Um, I'm definitely gonna throw in some like comparisons between the Mermaid Man original voice and the one that's used in this game. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, like, they it's not like the voice actors like passed away before the like before the game was made. Like they were still Mermaid Man Barnacle Boy episodes and episodes with Mr. Krabs, like that came out long after this game came out and like in two thousand three. And I don't I don't understand what happened. Well, there. do you like, think they reused the lines or do you think the <gasps> Are they here to fix the TV? Make sure you give extra broccoli uh, to my young ward. The boy needs his vitamins. Listen up, you villains. I want to eat my meatloaf. If you don't get out of here, then by the power... Sky turning yellow to the bathroom! Is that the TV repairman? Oh, uh, are you sure he can't fix the TV? Is it pudding night yet? TV! I think they did reuse the lines, yeah, because I, I think they did, in fact, reuse the same vo voice or sound assets. I think that's a that's a good um, trivia question for sure. Um, somebody on the live stream chat maybe can chime in, but um, I, I think that they did end up using those. Um, I mean. Sound design, it's funny, we, we have this kind of ongoing thing with Thanks for Playing where we talk about how sound design is always great in every game because it has to be. Um, but in this one, I actually, for the first time, feel like it just wasn't really. <laughs> um, even the music, like, it's not even really SpongeBob music, which is, I feel like they missed an opportunity there. Like, there are classic SpongeBob, not like the SpongeBob theme song, but like, I don't know what you call it in a TV show, but like establishing shot music where like it's you in SpongeBob, they would show the exterior of the Krusty Krab and then there would be a specific song that would play that sounded like kind of nautical. And I'll throw it in right now here in post-production. game doesn't have that song in it it's mind-blowing you know I, I hate like to just treat this as like so d comparing it to spongebob the tv show in so many ways but like you, you figure you're a licensed game you're you're running off of a very very big ip and you're just not taking full advantage it's very strange yeah and i, I was just rereading it from what i can tell i'm just reconfirming it does appear that um the original Bikini Bottom did not have um, Mr. Krabs's proper yeah, voice actor either. It didn't. Yeah, which and neither is, did Mermaid. Um, it didn't have Mermaid Man in it either. Yeah, which is yeah, it's weird. A Contract dispute. I mean, I, I I cannot imagine the heartbreak I would have felt if it if I was seven years old and I played the original Battle for Bikini Bottom and it wasn't Mr. Krabs' voice. Yeah. I would have like been. I would have returned it to Blockbuster <laughs> that night. Like it would have been horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'll be honest. I don't know. Seven year old me would have caught it. I would have. Yeah. For what you would have. I don't that. know. I probably would have sure. been like, huh? 
Ah, uh, yeah. you know, like whatever. <laughs> no, that's him. That's for sure yeah. him. Yeah, maybe. There's no way. There's only one. <laughs> okay, There's moving one. moving on from sound design. Uh, I don't know if you got anything else for that. Do you? No, nothing on okay. mine. Oh, okay. Um, I'm really curious. I didn't look this up, but if anyone knows, email us. I'm really curious if Plankton and the announcer fish share the same voice actor. I I think kind of sounds like the. I kind of caught some Plankton vibes from them. Okay. Um, I might I might be wrong, but yeah. We'll do a retraction or we'll we do an amendment somewhere. Yeah. All right. Uh, NPC award. Uh, I actually, this is kind of an interesting one because this is hard for this episode. There's just a lot of NPCs and like they're all SpongeBob characters. So it's kind of hard not to do it. Um, all right. It's hard to pick with just one. I'm yeah. going to go with Bubble Buddy. Uh, he teaches you all the bubble moves. Um, it's Bubble Buddy. Like, it's just such a classic. It's, bubble buddy. it's yeah. bubble buddy. Yeah. Like, if I feel like I can go up to anybody in like my, in our age range, like in their mid 20s, and just say, like, hey, Bubble Buddy. And it's, it'd be like, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> just like everybody yeah. knows who that is. Um, and it was, it was one of the cooler parts of the game was seeing, seeing Bubble Buddy. It was felt like, oh my God, like, that's my guy. 100%. Yeah. I, um, got? I had Squidward. Okay. Let's, ex- um, let's hear why. Simply just because I think, as an adult, I think that Squidward is probably the most relatable character in the franchise. And there's just, like, one throwaway line he has at the end during the final boss battle where he just kind of, like, walks away and is just like, this is this is too weird. For, I'm out. Like, this is too weird. I'm, I'm good. I'm done. And just, like, yeah. leaves. And <laughs> then he's just, like, out of the rest of the game, I think. And, yeah, I think just as an adult, like, if I went back and rewatched older SpongeBob episodes... I think I'd probably agree with him on some things. Yeah, that's kind of the that's the modern take on SpongeBob is that Squidward was yeah. t- was the most honest like representation of adulthood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, um, the I really wish I weren't here right now button. Like, right? I feel yeah. like everybody feels like that now. Um, yeah, I, I I mean I I mean this is a deeper conversation like with SpongeBob as a whole. Um, just it being so ubiquitous and like popular to our age range um, and like informing so much of our humor and like, you know, absurd ab- absurdities and like uses of irony. And like, it's just, I don't know. SpongeBob is so culturally relevant. Yeah. And it's, that's, I think why it's so, we talk so much about SpongeBob when we're talking about this game. It's just like so innately tied and all these characters and their attitudes and their voices. It's like, it, that's it's all intrinsic. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really yeah. is. Um all right, so ladies and gentlemen, for the companion piece pick this week. Um now normally we would pick a piece of media that's not a video game and, you know, relate it to the game and pick it for you guys as a recommendation. Today, we thought it'd be fun to just pick our favorite SpongeBob episodes, maybe even uh, go off those for a little while. Uh so Matt, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, sir. Um, so my favorite episode has to be the Bubble Bowl episode. Um, Classic episode. There's so many good ones. This is one that just stands out. I mean, I don't know. Just like the the final show, you know, Squidward showing up, Squilliam, um, all the build up to it, like the practices with like Sandy shoving Patrick in the um, trombone, I think it was. Um, just, I love it. I love it. Um and i don't know i just whenever i i there's such like a a clear callback in my mind to the scene where sandy's threatening spongebob or excuse me sandy's threatening patrick rather 
And then they go like tussle out signing to hear Steer Patrick like, oh, oh, oh. And then he just like, oh. yeah. Then he just walks I in. I love that part. And a fucking dude. tuba. Yeah. Not tuba, fucking um, trombone. And it's, yeah. just, it's just great. And he, and he says, uh, whoever is driving a white sedan, yeah. you left your lights, <laughs> lights on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's also the classic. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so that, oh, dude, that's such a good one. My, my favorite uh, moment from that episode is like obviously the the bubble bowl itself, like performance. But it's when so like good. the flag twirlers are spinning in the front of the marching band the whole time, and he's just like, it's Squidward's like, come on, flag oh, twirlers, faster, move, faster, spin, faster, spin, yeah. spin, spin those faster, and they spin and they just take off, take it, and yeah. then hit a so blimp, good. and then the blimp explodes. Oh, dude, that was a, that's such a classic one. Um, okay, so my, my companion piece pick is SpongeBob BC before comedy. Um, this is, I don't know if you remember this one, Matt, but this is like just, a classic. It, was, it was a SpongeBob like special, because like Patchy the Pirate hosted it, I think. And there's like, <laughs> that's the SpongeBob, like the shook caveman SpongeBob meme. It comes from this episode. And uh, that character's name is Spongegar, for those of you that don't remember, or people refer to him as Caveman SpongeBob. Wait, Super is this classic. Like the time meme. travel one where they go back and past? No, so that one. Oh, you know what? So there's two versions of Sponge, like prehistoric SpongeBob. So. There I'm not is, sure I've seen the one you're talking about, actually. So this the one where SpongeBob, you might go, go ahead and look it up and I'll, I'll let people know what's going on. So SpongeBob, there's an, there's an early SpongeBob episode called like SK129 or something like that. It's like a, it sounds like a code or something like that. And I, I think I might be able to find it if I'm scrolling here on the episode list. Um, but what it, it what that episode is, is Squidward gets into a time machine and starts traveling to the future. And there's the one where he's like, future. That's like a classic meme, too. And then he goes back to prehistoric times and finds prehistoric Patrick and prehistoric SpongeBob. Um, but there is an episode starring prehistoric Patrick and prehistoric SpongeBob called SpongeBob BC. And it's a Patch of the Pirate special. And what happens in that one is sponge or they learn how to fry food on a campfire. And like there's a gigantic 2001 a Space Odyssey reference in that episode. It's actually like way way advanced for like kids at that age. And that I don't know specifically where the shook caveman SpongeBob meme comes from. I I in my head have always thought that it came from the BC episode, but I actually thinking it now on it now I think it does come from that time travel episode. Yeah, that's crazy. I um I don't remember that episode. SB129 is the is the episode where there's time travel. That's in the very first season of SpongeBob. Uh, SpongeBob BC before comedy came out later, way later, like years later. Damn, we got to go back and watch that. Yeah, that was a cool fans. one. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, I mean, there's so many classics here. Like, I'm just gonna name some episodes from like early SpongeBob, like uh, Hall Monitor, Jellyfish Jam. Uh, Sandy's rocket, uh, Muscle Bob buff pants, <laughs> where he gets the arms to like get huge. Um, oh god, uh, <laughs> suds, uh, hookie, hookie's just about drug addiction. Like, let's talk about that. You know? <laughs> oh, that's with the, all the fishing the lines, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I love the one with the I'm ugly and I'm proud. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where he eats, uh, and he has like really bad breath. I forget the name of that episode. Um, Christmas Who, the SpongeBob Christmas episode, the classic one, uh, pre-hibernation week, 
That's a funny one. Um, Bubble Buddy, that episode itself is really great. Um, God, there's so many. So, yeah. so many. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, shoot, hit us up. You know, thanks for playing uh, fans out there. Hit us up with your favorite SpongeBob episode in an email. Or please, hit us up on please. the Discord server. Matt, where could they email us anyway? Uh, thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. All right. There Love we go. It. All right. There is a favorite moment category. I'm not sure if we really need to go into that one. Do you I got one? my favorite moment. You got okay, oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Um, so when the characters would go idle, if you left them unattended for a minute when you came back, they'd be doing a random you know, animation. And I came back to SpongeBob while I left them in idle. And I found him doing the infamous, um, him like pecking like a chicken um, from the SpongeBob meme where <laughs> the meme, I mean, I don't even know how to like say it's it. It's a sarcasm meme. meme. It's a it's sarcasm meme where like the letters, like each one will be capital lowercase, like alternating back and forth between that. And I, I just saw him doing that. I'm like, oh, they, they know their memes. They know they were putting in this game. And yeah. uh, it was just funny as hell. Yeah, that's good. Favorite moment for me. Do you have one? <laughs> I, I do. It's the ending where like you're inside the big SpongeBob boss robot and you're like uh-huh. bouncing around, flying through the air. That was that part was kind of cool. That felt kind of big and epic. Um, and it was kind of just like a victory lap at the very yeah. end of the game. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, but I mean, it was just that it was just for like two minutes. There wasn't so. a lot there. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't great. True. Uh, all right. Nitpicks. We're not going to do that because that's what we've been doing the whole time. Yeah. Um, unless you have anything else you want to add, but I think we're good. Nothing. Um, final conclusive thoughts. Does this earn the Lucas Luna seal of approval? Unfortunately, SpongeBob, the 2020 remake of Battle for Bikini Bottom, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, does not earn the Lucas Luna seal of approval. Does it earn the Matt Rockaby Sugoi of approval? No. Uh, no, this, <laughs> it does not earn the Sugoi of approval. Um, and I've already laid out my case um, and the aforementioned in this episode. Um, not aforementioned, but yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. Um, we have now reached the point where Lucas and I give our ratings out of 10. We then combine our scores to make it a 20. And this is the score that um, upsurps any other score before us. IGN, Metacritic, anything really um, pale in comparison to this. And um hold uh, no value in the eyes of things for playing. So um, Lucas, on would you like to give the countdown? Yes, I will give the countdown. Okay, everybody, the final score for this game. Three, two, one, four. Five. Oh, wow, you gave it a five. Okay. Yeah. I, I, this is the lowest crazy, score. I thought you were going to give it a six. No, 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 no. It's the lowest I've ever gotten um, on this on this podcast. Um. I I think I gave Cyberpunk the lowest score up until this. Um, it's kind of kind of weird. Um, weird weird kinds of bad. Or different different kind of bads there. Um, what did you um, give Cyberpunk a six? I feel like I gave that a six. And I'm kind I of think, surprised that's the lowest you've given. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to. I think I was very close to giving it a five, but I kind of changed my mind last minute. I should have given sure, it a five. Yeah. Um, but this is a four. Um, I mean, I I think. Part of it is because I do hold a special place of SpongeBob in my heart, and um, it, I feel like they did miss so many opportunities to like one have all the voice actors that needed to be there be there, two like have more SpongeBob references and comedy, and like even the dialogue throughout it. I know I wish I should have mentioned this earlier. The dialogue 
It's just shy of being good enough for an episode of SpongeBob. It's not yeah, even it doesn't on par feel with like even episode quality. Yeah, yeah it it's just not the quality. Yeah. And like the like jokes SpongeBob, like fall flat. Yeah, SpongeBob and Patrick say stuff they would never say. They just yeah. like straight up. It's like they got the characters wrong, and it upset me. Yeah, it just and even then, like there wasn't even variance in like the jokes. For example, every time you gave uh, Patrick ten socks. He ended up with the same joke about talking about spatulas where he just says, I don't speak Italian. And he just like says that every time you give them socks and it's just boring. Um, yeah. They could have done so much more. I mean, how hard could it have been to write a new joke? Like three, I don't know. Um, just upsetting. And as far as I'm concerned, this is a very clear money grab and not a good licensed game. And it makes me wonder if any of the licensed games I played growing up were any good. Um, any of like the any yeah. of them, specifically like any of the um, like children's TV shows licensed games like whether that was Fairly Odd Parents Jimmy Neutron what have you because I played games like Dragon Ball growing up um, and like the Dragon Ball Z games and I'm I'm assuming those fall under the license category and I love those personally and yeah they, I'm pretty they sure I'm do. very confident I'd still like them today actually because they're just like mindless fighting games which I enjoy but Fighters is aside, genuinely great fighting game though yeah the DBZ Fighters the newer one is good yeah. Um, I'm more of a degenerate and I like the button mashing and like Budokai and stuff, but that's just me. <laughs> We're supposed to be uh, above that, Matthew. I know. I know. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you want to add on to this one, Lucas? I want to say if you, when you hear this episode, I think it's coming out um, the this 5th. Thursday, right? uh, yeah. This Thursday. Oh, man. It's our anniversary. We forgot oh. to mention. Oh, wow. Uh, it is the thanks for playing. <laughs> wow. I can't believe we did this game for our one year. <laughs> I um, we were both the, really like it. The, the podcast <laughs> did premiere a, a oh, year boy. ago, um, uh, August 5th, with the episode Return of the Oberdin, very first episode. And, we stuck oh, to the nautical theme. Yeah, we did. There we you did. go. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay, okay. So every year, we have to do a sea-oriented video game. Yes. Um, whether it's good Assassin's or bad. Assassin's Creed Black Flag next year. All right, sick. That sounds great. That's a good um, game from what I and then, and then maybe see a thief somewhere down the line. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, for those of you that are listening now, you know, throw your favorite SpongeBob memes in the Discord. Um, I, I would love to see them. I again, I know I've talked a lot about it, but it is just a. It, it's uh, we almost communicate so we communicate so much information through SpongeBob memes, and like so much humor comes from like shook mr krabs uh sponge sponge caveman shook caveman spongebob you know naked spongebob the sarcastic duck like spongebob thing like hit us with your favorite i want to i I need some happiness in my life yeah hit us with your Um, favorite meme join the discord hit us with your favorite meme um but yeah all right everyone i think that is all we got today everyone as a reminder you can find us online on instagram tiktok and twitter at the social handle TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Um, you can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website, thanksforplaying.live. We're on YouTube, thanks for playing. Um, where, where else? Um, yeah, enjoying our Discord. It's a good time. Uh, today's topic was anime. We talked a lot about anime in the Discord today. That was a good time. Um, I think we may have to make a dedicated anime channel in the Discord. Not uh, a bad idea. Which... Um, Super fun, super exciting. Come hang out. It's a good time. You can find that in the link tree. And as always, if you want to hang out with your good old buddy Matt online, uh, shoot me a follow on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Good Idea Matthew. Lucas, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Good Idea Lucas. Um, but mostly hit me up on the Discord. Um, you know, message me directly through there. 
um, let's talk, hang out, give us game love suggestions, it. and uh, yeah. tell us uh, what to do next. Really, yes, love it. And ever, again, everyone, thank you for a wonderful year. Thanks for playing. Uh, Lucas and I have had a lot of fun over this past year, and uh, we're looking forward to keeping the good times going for the years to come, hopefully. So, everyone, this has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Skip it a bop! Thanks for Playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 